Welcome to the B-Side Podcast, dedicated to sharing flip side stories in country music, concerts, and travel. Your hosts, Stacy and Andy Best, take you behind the scenes to meet the amazing team that supports your current favorite country artists and introduce you to new up-and-coming artists. You'll meet a cast of incredible friends Stacy and Andy have encountered during their adventures following the music, and you'll be entertained with their extraordinary backstories. We're glad you're here and hope you enjoy this episode of the B-Side Podcast. Welcome to the B-Side Podcast. Today, we're really excited to talk to Chase Butler. He's a tour manager for country bands like Parmalee and also rising country artists like Tyler Braden. Thank you so much, Chase, for being with us today. Well, thank you both for having me. It's, uh, I've heard nothing but good things about this podcast. I've listened to a few episodes, so it's cool to actually be on it. So. Thanks, Chase, for being on with us. We never had a tour manager on our podcast before, so it's pretty exciting to get to talk to you. I do have to start off with the first question. How in the heck did you get started at being a tour manager? Let me tell you, it is. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I could do it twice. Let me tell you that um, <laughs> it's a lot of luck. It's a lot of uh, it's a lot of, you know, never saying no to a lot of opportunities. Um, I grew up in a super small town, Satsuma, Alabama. I think we have probably 6,200 people there, a small town north of Mobile, Alabama. Um, grew up there, pretty normal childhood, great family. Went to elementary, middle school, high school, all in the same county. You know, played sports and all that stuff. But I did, I did end up uh, in a bunch of leadership roles um, towards my high school years. Never really knew what that was about. Captain of, you know, football team, soccer team you know, president of my class, my junior and senior year. So I, I found myself in a bunch of different leadership positions. Later on, started working for a music festival right out of high school. Um, started working for a radio station right out of high school. Um, neither one of those paid. Um, I was doing all of that for free, which at the time when you're living with your parents, you can kind of still do some stuff like yep. that. But I was also going to school full time. I, I had one job. I was I worked as a, I guess you, I guess you would say a sandwich artist. I was making sandwiches for a, a, a company called Mama Goldberg's down in South Alabama. And uh, that's the only one of my gigs that paid. So, so it that's was uh, a lot of free hours I've given people. Let me put it that way. But uh, yeah, moved to Nashville. I was uh, 20, 2015, January 2nd of 2015. So I'm just at the seven year mark. I was 19 years old. Whenever I moved, didn't know a soul. Moved up there for school, or that was my excuse anyway. Um, I went to MTS, <laughs> MTSU. That's why I tell my parents that I'm, which I'm still paying for that excuse too. So, um, but uh, moved to Nashville, uh, Murfreesboro, went to MTSU, studied music business for a little while. Then once I started, touring uh just kind of started meeting the right people and being in the right place got my first touring job within seven eight months of being in nashville and yeah all just kind of started from there but a lot of luck and uh a lot of uh a lot of free work yeah. a lot of free work so yeah i remember when i was getting started as a strength coach working eight hours a week and barely make enough money for food and gas and it really comes down to paying your dues and trying to find that next step. 
Yeah, we get really excited whenever, even today, any show offers us catering. I'm like, hey, that's one meal I don't have to pay for, you know. So it still, uh, it still happens this day, but it's yeah. all good. A quick question, Chase would Would you say you're one of the younger tour managers out there? I would. Like I said, I moved to town whenever I was 19. I started doing tour management right after my 20th birthday. I mean, I wasn't even old enough to be in half of these bars I was in. But, uh, you know, at the radio station, I, I didn't learn a whole lot at the radio station. I did learn a lot about um, a lot about radio tours and how that works and a lot of, uh, you know, how, how songs climb the charts and things like that. But the biggest thing I think I learned from the radio station was being from South Alabama. I had a super, super country accent. And my very first day, I stepped in the radio station. They were like, you're going to be on the radio. We're going to put you on a top 40 station. I'm like, I don't know anything about Rihanna. You know, I have no idea who's dating. Who. I have no idea. But they're, um, as soon as I was on the air the first day, they locked me in a, in a sound booth. They're like, you got to get rid of this accent. So from a very young age, I had this radio, deeper radio voice that I can still kind of turn on and turn off if I have to, I guess. But uh, they, uh, they locked me in a room and said, figure it out. So from a very young age, I was able to sound a lot older than I was. Um, which is a lot of tour management. You know, I, I spend most of my time talking to these people and uh, before I ever get to see them. So, you know, I was 20 years old advancing these shows on the phone, sounding like I was a 45 year old man. And then I get to the show and I'm the youngest person in the room, you know? So they're like, you're the one running stuff. But yeah, I know I'm still, I'm still surprised by that too, but there's a handful of guys, a, a, a guy that's killing it in town. His name's Braden Griffith. Um, probably he's definitely younger than me. I would say 22, 23, maybe, but I mean, he's working with people, Marcus King band, just, just everybody, but he's been doing it since he was 16 years old. So he's grown up in the business and, uh, you know, you grow up, you grow up fast. This is a, this is one of those businesses where you're in and out of bars every night. You know, you kind of learn quick how things work. So what was your interest in music? I know that you worked at a radio station, but what really kind of drew you to get into the business side of music? Yeah. Were you musically inclined yourself? I am not. Um, from a very young age, I just remember always being one of those radio kids. I, I, I vividly remember every time I would go stay at my grandmother's house, her alarm clock would just whatever time we were waking up, it didn't matter if it was for school or for work or whatever. I just remember the radio station being the alarm clock sound. Like it would just come on and it would go straight to the radio station, the country station. So every morning I heard country music and I knew it was time to get up. Just always remember, you know, knowing who sang the song and, and the lyrics to the song. And from a very young age, I would say, you know, five, six years old and uh, went to my first concert. I was eight or nine years old. I remember it was um, uh, Lone Star was our, was my first show in a casino, ironically. So I'm an eight year old kid. I'll tell you, I've been breaking rules forever. But um, but yeah, once as I got older, I went to Nashville with my grandparents um, for spring break one year and they took me and saw the Opry and, you know, just really kind of remembered saying I wanted to do that. Um, even shows towards my junior, senior year of high school, I would go and you know, you're sneaking beers and all this stuff with your friends. But at the same time, 
as, as fun as that was, um, I would always find myself looking side stage, um, looking at the guys running sound, looking at the, the guys running the lights and just kind of everything behind the scenes. And then realizing that there's a whole, you know, there's a whole life backstage that nobody gets to see. So that's really when I kind of started diving into uh, the depths of the music business and the kind of jobs, you know, touring jobs that are really out there. Another question I had is how, how do tour managers get started? Is it because they know the artist, they just fall into it? How, how does that all work? You know, their artist friends are just like, hey, I need somebody I can trust. That's the big right. thing is just trusting. I mean, there's a lot of money that's being thrown around. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of fake everywhere surrounding what we're doing. And, um, you know, you, at the end of the day, you got to have somebody you can trust. Um, so that's a big part of it as well. A girl that I played softball with and a girl that I worked, I worked at the Opry. I sold hot dogs at the Grand Ole Opry and uh, somebody I worked with and somebody we played on a softball team with said that she knew somebody that needed just some help on the road. I said I wanted to be a tour manager. You know, tour managers mean different things at certain stages of your career. But I went and met with this guy. Uh, he's been in the business for a while, an artist, and he just needed some help. So whether that was carrying cases or he bought a, a, a camera, a, you know, a video camera. So I did photo video for the longest time um, up until a couple of years ago. And uh, you just kind of got to do whatever it takes. You know, I, I'm not musically inclined at all. So uh, I can't get up there and play drums for you, but I can make sure, I mean, I know how to set up a drum kit, you know what I'm saying? I know how to set mics up. I know how to set stands up and that's kind of, you know, I can drive the van. You just kind of have to be open and willing to do anything in this, this job for sure. Yeah. Passion to drive. Yeah. His name's Andy Velo. He's a great country artist. And there was just a lot of firsts for both of us. He was, he was signing uh, some deals and getting these brand partnership deals. And so we both figured out how important these were at the same time. Um, social media was really kind of kicking in then we both kind of worked for a social media marketing startup company. He was like the first client that we signed. So we were trying to figure there, you're just figuring it out, you know, figuring it out together. He was opening for some big art, you know, bigger legendary country artists, uh, Craig Morgan, Tracy Lawrence, Montgomery Gentry, you know, all these guys. And like I said, I'm 20 years old thinking this is, I'm doing it, you know? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but there was a lot of figuring it out. I mean, we had to learn our dynamic. We had, you know, even today with Tyler, we still have to learn where we fit, you know, in each other's career. So it's, uh, it's, 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 it's been something, it's been something, uh, that first gig though, that meant everything. I mean, you pray for that first time that you get to do this, you know, and he was the guy that gave me my first chance. So that's amazing. Yes, it is. I wanted to transition into how you got started working with Parmalee and or Tyler Braided. How did that all get started? Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't even where to start. I guess Tyler, we actually met first. We met whew, six and a half years ago. I, I was home, back home, South Alabama. And I remember I was at the beach. We have, my family's got a beach house down in South Alabama. So I was just down there. And the very first year of living in Nashville, I was in, I was home more than I was in Nashville. Um, I didn't know anybody in this town. 
I was young. I had a girlfriend that I dated for a little while. And after that ended, I went home every weekend pretty much, you know, and um, I would come back up for class. But I remember being home and being at the beach, just sitting there. And, and one of my friends texted me and said, hey, my, my boyfriend is playing with this other guy. I think you'd really be interested. Hell, I was 19 years old and I go into this beach bar, you know, and and see Tyler standing there playing. So we connected and we, you know, talked after the set and got each other's numbers and everything. And I would say probably three or four months later, my phone rang and it was Tyler. You know, he was looking for a place to uh, live in Nashville and he had a couple of other roommates and just so happened my lease was coming up in the next couple of months. So uh, the second time that Tyler and I ever met, we were moving in together. Um, and that was six and a half years ago. Um, as far as, I mean, there was a lot of, you know, seven years doesn't seem like a lot, but it is, there's a lot of time in between there. You know, Tyler was still working as a firefighter up here in Tennessee. We always knew that we wanted to work together, but obviously we both had to grow separately that we can, you know, come back and be, uh, more powerful together, I guess you could say, but You know, he was figuring his stuff out. I was figuring my stuff out. I toured with a handful of other artists. Um, in that in that meantime, Joe Fortner, Casey Tindall, Laney Wilson, all these people who are really hitting it now, um, which is is cool to see. Yeah. But I remember being down in Key West for a Songwriters Festival. Andy Velo, the guy I said was my first gig. We went down to Key West Songwriters Festival, and I remember one night we were at this bar and. I'm talking to Dave Rose, who owns Deep South Entertainment. Um, It's a Raleigh-based management company. He had an office here in Nashville. He was flying back and forth. And he had uh, a handful of different artists at the time, Casey Tindall, Wayne Wilson, Parmalee. So just talked to him, got in good with him. We hit it off and uh, kept that relationship going as we went back to Nashville from Key West. And yeah, I got a call one day from him that... uh, he needed a tour manager for Casey Tyndall and she was going out for two and a half weeks on the West coast to open for Parmalee. And uh, so we did small bar shows. We did amphitheater shows. We did casino shows. It's a lot of driving a uh, 15 passenger van <laughs> through all of, all of the, all the weather out there. But yeah, just followed those Parmalee guys around, followed the bus and we opened for them and got back to Nashville Nothing really happened for about three months there. And I, I just remember it was March 21st, my birthday. And uh, Dave called me and said, hey, how, how would you like to be assistant tour manager for Parmalee? I mean, just ecstatic, as you can imagine, you know, um, yeah. my first my first bus tour. They were on a tour bus and everything. And um, they had this old head uh, tour manager. He, he'll kill me for saying that, but he's been in the rock, been in the rock world for, uh, for a handful of years. He's, he's t- tour managed everybody from Ozzy Osbourne to kiss to just all these legendary acts. And he was the tour manager at the time. So I got to work firsthand underneath him, seeing how he really did everything, how he advanced shows, how he did booked hotels and, you know, just all, just everything, how he handled himself, yeah. you know, at these venues and like, you knew as soon as we pulled up that he was the one in charge, you know? So that was huge for me. Time passes seven, eight months. He goes to a different gig and uh, the Parmalee guys look at me and they're like, well, you're it. So I moved up. I was 23 years old tour managing for Parmalee. Wow. 
which was just the wildest thing. Spent a lot of hours on that bus with those guys. Love those guys to death. And they're all, you know, much older than 23 years old. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, um, it, it was such a cool dynamic, though. And at the same time, Dave Rose thought enough of me to really pull me in the office as well. So I worked on the management side of things with those guys for a year while I was tour managing for them as well. So I didn't really have a day off that year. You know, I, I, I did that for them for a year. That's right when Tyler signed his publishing deal, management deal, and record deal. And the goal was to always work together. You know, they were going through some transitional things. Tyler was just getting started. So it, it just made perfect sense. Uh, left the Parmley gig, went to Tyler. And our very first gig was the Brantley Gilbert Cruise. And uh, ironically, we fast forward, we just got off of our first arena tour and it was with Brantley Gilbert. So just such, you know, full circle moments just everywhere. But that's kind of what keeps you going. You know, you see all these little things happen. I used to sell hot dogs at the Opry. Two months ago, Tyler just had his Opry debut. So I'm right where I need to be. You know, you just, you get those little, uh, I call them God winks, you know? And, uh, you know, I feel like this is where I need to be right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that right there, that actually sounds like a country song to me. I love it. It's amazing, and Joe, about the relationships that I've built over my career and how you and Tyler have come full circle. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, we, uh, we've been on this ride for a while, and, and everything's really just kind of coming to a head right now. And there's so much, so much in store for Tyler. Um, he's just one of those guys, man. He, I know you guys haven't met him yet, but when you do, he's straight shooter. What you see is what you get. Just honestly, one of the best people I know. Um, trust me with a lot, which, you know, I will never understand why, but, uh, you know, we, we're just really good brothers and, uh, I'm just excited that he keeps me along for the ride. So. Yeah. Tyler came across my radar because of a mutual friend of ours, Chase, uh, who I actually grew up with in Michigan, uh, Scott Vitale. I know he's, you know, working with country boots and bands and, uh, because of him, I've been following Tyler along. And I did see that he played at the Grand Ole Opry recently. Such exciting times for him. Going back to Scott real quick. Let me talk about Scott. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Scott, you know, he kind of came across our radar. Another guy that I do some management work for uh, is from the same area as Scott. So I met met Scott uh, up there in Jackson, Michigan for a show. Told him who else I work for. And he definitely wanted to have Tyler in town. So... Scott actually booked us, went out on a limb, booked us two nights um, at the same venue. One was free for first responders. And the second night, we just kind of, it was a shot in the dark. We honestly didn't know what we could pull in that area. We've never been to that area and sold over 800 tickets, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's the kind of person Scott is. Scott believes in, uh, Scott believes in, in new artists and Scott believes in, in people like me. I don't know. I, I owe a lot to Scott Vitale. We're actually all the country boots and bands things that you're seeing that's happening in Michigan right now. I'm actually a small part of that as well. Um, I'll be flying back and forth between Michigan and wherever else. But uh, yeah, Scott's a fantastic guy and I owe him a lot. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy you took the time to mention that. Thank you so much, Chase. 
And we'll be in, in Jackson for the show March 25th. Are you going to be there for that? So I will meet you guys there then. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he's bringing me up to work that uh, Jamie Johnson, Randy Hauser yeah. uh, co-headlining show at the uh, Michigan Theater. So that's going to be a hell of a night. That's going to be something else. Oh, I so. cannot wait. Wait. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. Wait a second. I got to go back and ask a question about when you're the tour manager and they go, you're the guy, what is the first thing that comes to mind or what's the first thing that you need to tackle? Uh, <laughs> I was actually at their house. <laughs> we were doing some rehearsals or something and we got the call that, uh, that their other tour manager was no longer going to be with us. So I had I literally sitting in front of all of the Parmley guys and I'm on speakerphone with their manager and uh, they're like, well, if you want it, you got it. And that's just kind of how that happened. So I went from uh, not being that much in charge to being in charge. And uh, <laughs> let me tell you that whole week after that, I don't think I slept at all. Um, there was a lot to do and we, we never missed a beat. Honestly. I mean, we picked things right back up and those guys just had enough faith in me that I wouldn't drop the ball. And luckily, uh, luckily, I, I never thought the ball got drops <laughs> <laughs> like during the week, Monday through Thursday at noon, I would be in the office. And then uh, Thursday afternoon, we would get on the bus and go, you know, do the weekend stuff. And, um, you know, whenever I wasn't, whenever I wasn't in the office, I was on the road. So like I said, I didn't sleep a whole lot that entire year. Yeah. I was kind of burning at both ends. And, um, you know, you kind of got to pick one or the other. That's, that's kind of where you're at. If you're gone, I mean, I think we did 200 and ooh, 215, 220 shows that year. Um, and then whatever days that I wasn't on the road, I was sitting behind a desk trying to figure that out, kind of doing double the work. But that makes your skin tough. You know, I mean, that just makes you know exactly what you want. That makes you realize, uh, you know, what you really want to do. I'm young. I'm 26, about to be 27 next month. And uh, so, there's still a lot that I want to see on the road. I have a bunch of newer artists that I'm kind of helping get started that, uh, you know, they just honestly don't have a sense of direction as far as where to start, you know? So it's cool that they see, you know, that they see me and they trust me enough to kind of get behind them and uh, help them get off the ground. But, um, you know, I, this thing with Tyler, you know, I want this to ride for as long as it'll ride. You know, if I'm, if I'm 50 years old, 60 years old, still doing this, I'll be happy as happy as shit doing this. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Wanted to ask you a little bit more specifics about your daily responsibilities as a tour manager. Are you doing things like, you know, setting up meet and greets, organizing that VIP experiences? We're just really interested in understanding the day to day for you. Yeah, so there's a lot that goes into uh, the prep work before you even get to the show. There's a lot of uh, logistics that you have to work out, travel time, and how you're getting there, whether you're in a van or a bus, you still have to line all of that up. Um, booking the hotels, all of that goes into before you even get to the show. The prep time going into that, I mean, takes up my entire week. And I try to be ahead of the game, obviously. So, you know, I have a show booked out you know, two, three weeks in advance. And I kind of know exactly what I'm walking into. And my guys, you know, kind of have, we upload this thing called master tour and it's just a back end thing that my guys can look at a calendar. They see how 
their day structured. Uh, we joke all the time and any tour manager will tell you this, but if one of your people come to you day of show asking you a question about like what time is dinner, the first <laughs> thing you're saying, first thing you say is have you checked master tour? Because the last thing I have to worry about on a show day is what time dinner is. Um, but yeah, and that's because you're honestly, you're running around, you're doing like right now we have a very small crew of Tyler. We keep everything very, very small. So I'm on stage. I'm, I'm, setting up gear, um, doing sound check with them. We're doing all of that. Well, then I get off and I have to go organize a meet and greet. I have to have a security meeting, you know, it, any kind of VIP experience. Sometimes I sell merch. Um, it just kind of depends, you know, show to show, but yeah, it's a lot. So, you know, you work all day and then you get done and you go back to the hotel and you want to have like a bourbon or two, right? but you can't get too wild because you got to be up at five 30 the next morning to drive to the next place. So <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's all over the place, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm young. I can sleep when, uh, when I'm dead, I guess, you know, yeah. <laughs> what would you say is your favorite part of the job? Oh my gosh. Um, like I said, I'm from a super small town. I really never left the County line other than a few vacations whenever I was younger growing up in Alabama. So I, I believe I've been to all but three states touring since I was, you know, 20 years old. So definitely the travel, you know, some days are really, really good. And some days are really, really bad, but you know, those good days really just make it worth it all. You know, I've, I've loaded out the worst story I can imagine was we played this festival and in the middle of nowhere, literally middle of nowhere in this field. And it was a three, um, we had Runaway June, Parmalee, Sawyer Brown. Everybody's stuff was on stage. Well, then this tornado comes up. And a promoter is looking at me like, what do we do? I'm like, I'm 23 years old. You don't want to ask me what to do. I know there's a lot of like legal stuff that's going on. I'm like, can you go talk to Sawyer Brown's guy? Because I have no idea what's going on. But no, uh, you know. So a tornado showed up and kind of went through the area. Well, then all of our stuff's still on stage. You have to load out. It's storming outside. Then the trailer gets stuck. Then the bus gets stuck. And then all of a sudden, you know, you've got to get halfway across the country overnight. And you don't know if you're going to make it. So then you, like I said, a lot of lack of sleep. You know, once that happens, I think we loaded out, put the lock on the trailer at 6 a.m. that morning. And then had to haul tail to literally three or four states over to make it to a show that night. We don't even know if our gear works. It's all been rained on. You know, we don't know. So I'm having a call, uh, make sure they got gear ready for us, make sure that they got, you know, everything that we need in order to put on the perfect show for the next night. Um, so that's like a stressful day. Good day is when you're sitting on, a, you know, you're sitting on a San Diego Bay eating the freshest ceviche and drinking the highest dollar Jim Beam that you can drink and, uh, you know, watching your guy do a 30 minute acoustic set, you know, uh, that's, yeah. that's a great day for me, but, uh, there's a lot of in between, but yeah, uh, you know, traveling is definitely one thing. Uh, these relationships that you meet, you know, these other artists, other artists camps, their crew guys, um, the fans, I mean, just, it, it's all over the place, the promoters, the venue owners, 
the the lady that sleeps sweeps the floor when you leave you know i mean just that's what we're all here for right is the connections and the and the relationships and uh you know i've met some some special people that i still talk to from my very first gig you know and those are the friendships that you hold on to for sure so uh definitely the travel and definitely the relationships that come from this yes yes that kind of reminds me of the fan experiences it's really the same thing you know i love traveling for concerts and it's so many of our friends we've actually met at a concert or something related to a concert uh, they've become lifelong friends okay now that you've been on the road for a little bit what are your must-haves while you're out on tour as a tour manager is this tarps straps swiss army knife what is it <laughs> luckily my drummer is the most dad-like person I, i've ever met so he is very prepared at all times uh, we have one of these coleman like multi-stack tool wagons essentially yeah. that we drag around with us at all, you know at all times but know how to change a flat tire let me tell you that um yeah that that was something that you know we started timing ourselves that's how good we were at it i think the best time we had was six and a half minutes from the time we pulled off Ooh. to the time that we get back on was six and a half minutes and uh I mean, we'll compete with NASCAR at that time. You know? so, yeah, but definitely know how to change a flat tire. Always carry Visqueen or tarps, cover your gear, and always have after-show food. My guys get hungry. They get hangry. Yeah, so yeah, you better have you got better have pizza or wings or Chick-fil-A or something. So, all right, I have a question for you. Burning question: What is something you wish that fans would not do? Okay. So obviously we love fans. We're and we're all fans at some point, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm still a fan of everybody that I mean, I'm a fan of half these artists that we get to hang out with. And so it is so weird to be still a fan at that point. But you know, if you see an artist at a at a restaurant or with their family or something like that, let them just have that time. That time is not for you to go up and take pictures and ask for autographs while they're feeding their face, you know. Other than that, that's kind of it, you know. I mean, keep, keep, you know, I, I've got this one girl, bless her heart. She just never fails to support. It doesn't matter who I'm with. It does. Uh, she did it with Casey. She did it with Laney. She did it with Parmalee. She, she does it with Tyler now. Um, she posts every day about Tyler's music. She posts every day. She's always tagging us, tagging the radio station, the local uh, venue, um, trying to get us there, trying to get us heard, you know, and and uh, that's something that we always really appreciate. Every time we get close to her, her town, she comes out. She brings us gifts, you know, just the small things like that. I mean, homemade cookies every now and then. That's something we don't really get a whole lot. So, I mean, we've had people bring us, you know, stuff like that. I'm not saying 1500 of you show up with homemade cookies because then it's going to get out of hand, but uh, you know, just the small things like that, just support your artist, whether it's buying a t-shirt, whether it's streaming their music, um, just keep doing that because it honestly makes all the difference. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Excellent. I love that question. <laughs> you could get me in trouble with that question. if you keep. <laughs> <laughs> well, even as a fan, sometimes there's other fans I want to tell Tell them what they probably shouldn't be doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. 
I get it though. It's like sometimes us fans, we we might just have a little out of body experience, you know, and we can't help ourselves. Oh, they get it. They, they get yeah, angry. Oh yeah, it's, it's all over the place. Like, I'll I'll tell you this quick little thing. We uh, I was. I'm not even going to say the organization I was working for because that could go south too, but I was doing this special event and talking about being a fan, uh, Vince Vaughn. I was assigned Vince Vaughn. Like he was my guy that I had to take care of for the entirety of that night, you know, and I had his manager right here and she was walking. She was son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) He, uh, from the time that he stepped out of the limo to the to the time he got back in it that night i was responsible for where he was in the building just where he had to be for certain cameos and camera shots and stuff like that he was presenting so i had to make sure he was on stage in the right spot and all this kind of stuff and his manager uh she was there and vince is like dude i haven't smoked a cigarette and i can't tell you how long he's like but i need one so I'm like, okay, man. I mean, I guess I'll find you a cigarette somewhere. And we're in this big building that you can't smoke. And uh, so I just, I scramble around. I find him a cigarette. You know, I find two or three of them. And uh, we're standing there and we're in this building and I'm working for this organization. And I'm with Vince Vaughn and Vince Vaughn offers me a cigarette. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't smoke, but I'm going to smoke a cigarette with Vince Vaughn. <laughs> it's just, it, that's the funny part about just still being a fan of this industry. I mean, you never know who you're going to see, whether it be an award show or um, at a, just another show at a venue. Any, all these guys are just friends with each other. And it's still so funny to be, to be a fan with half these people that we're getting to see on a daily basis. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of Tyler. I'm, I, I will be Tyler's biggest fan forever. And I work for the guy. So, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's always be a fan, never, never not be a fan. You know, there's nothing better than having loyalty between guys. And I hope for you two, that this thing is a rocket ship. That's right. Yeah. Loyalty is a, that's a word we use all the time. Um, it doesn't not necessarily, just with Tyler, but uh, with anybody. I mean, you have to be very loyal. We are the top, you know, whatever percent that gets to do this every night. I mean, I get to go to a concert every night and, uh, you know, whatever percent that might be. But then I get to hang out with him afterwards. And and he trusts me with, you know, not only getting him somewhere safely, but finances and everything else. And there's such a, it is, it's loyalty, you know, and, and, you know, that that's been the case with every artist that I've worked for. I'm their biggest fan that at the time I'm working for them, you know, and they they give that back. They do show that back. So just know that the people that you guys are supporting are just as cool of people as you think they might be because yeah. they are. They're very good people. I've always said that there's nothing better than an, an artist. And, you know, usually it's a newer artist just standing up there on stage, just overwhelmed. Uh, and so grateful uh, with, you know, the, the fans just going crazy over them. It is just so cool to see, you know, when artists are in that moment and just, you know, so gracious. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we're both two guys from South Alabama, super small towns in South Alabama that we never in a million years thought we would be doing this. I've been in rooms where, where there's been 40 people in there with him you know and we we drive all this way and we do all this prep work and we get in there and there's 40 people but those 40 people are fan i mean they're mm-hmm. diehard fans thinking yeah. every word back 
And then you go to something where, you know, you're on the scale of going and opening for Brantley Gilbert on an arena tour and you're playing to five, six, 7,000 people a night. And there, there wasn't a night on that tour that Tyler didn't get emotional on stage. There's not a time I'm getting emotional to talk about it, but there's just not a time that, you know, I'm standing side of stage where I've stood, I, I stand there every night and I've seen 45 people and now I'm seeing 10,000 people. That's what it's about. You know, that's, that's the climb. That's the ride. That's what we're all chasing. So yeah. I mean, Tyler is just as cool of a guy as you might think he is. So I hope you all get, you know, you guys get to meet, I'm sure y'all will soon, but yeah. um, you know. Hey, Hey, so what about faster horses? We did see that um, Tyler is on the lineup. Uh, we'll, we're definitely going to be there. That's my absolute favorite festival of all times. You know, it's my stomping grounds where I grew up. I can't wait to see him there. We are. Yeah, we're all very excited for that. Um, it's one thing to get a bunch of show offers just everywhere, but there is something special to get on those festivals that size because that changes the game. You know, there's yep. that many more people to see you. I remember playing with uh, the Parmalee guys back in, uh, oh, shoot, 2018, I guess. We were there the same day that FGL headlined. And, you know, I, I'd never known what to expect with something like that. You can prep for all that, but we walk out and there's 40,000 people. And that's yeah. still, mm-hmm. the, to this day, the biggest crowd I've ever seen, you know, for an artist that I was with. And, you know, 40,000 people are singing your songs back to you. And then, uh, you know, later that night, FGO goes on and there's 90,000 people out there. And you're like, yeah. what is, what am I doing? You yeah, know, yeah. and it's just so cool. Uh, Tyler's playing the next from Nashville State. So yep, yep. we're very excited about that. Very excited to, uh, to be in Michigan for that. Okay. What is the funniest thing that you've seen? Oh my gosh. Yeah, there's, there's too many to even to count, but uh, to, we'll keep it on faster horses. For example, we're uh backstage i'm with the parmalee guys and we're backstage and uh we play our set and ashley mcbride plays and all these you know tyler Farr and all these guys are playing and we're in the back and it was right before fgo goes on it's late and everybody's you know had a few and uh we're sitting there and tyler Farr gets up on our bus and uh if you have not met tyler Farr, that is one of the funniest human beings i've ever i've ever met in my life his favorite movie is sling blade <laughs> and uh-huh. random i know um and tyler we we somehow brought up sling blade well then all of a sudden for the entirety of that night until i i have to get him off so we can leave talks in a sling blade voice what is going on but he did that for an hour and a half so you know that's just an example just the stupid crap that goes on behind yeah him, you know but Next time you see Tyler, ask him about his uh, sling blade voice. Oh my God. He'll do That's it for hilarious. you. It is best. Yeah. So, what else is coming up for you? You know, know you're interested in sticking with Tyler for the long haul, but what, what's next for Chase Butler? Yeah, there's a, there's a few things. Obviously, Tyler is my priority, and, and I will be as loyal to him as he, you know, as long as he'll let me. So he's about to get kicked off and things are really looking very promising for this year. Uh, you stay in touch with the social media because there are some things that's going to blow your mind. Uh, as far as personal, like I said, I'm working with Scott Vitale, uh, Country Boots and Bands. We're going to start a new thing together. 
where you kind of get to meet the newer artists, the newer artists that are coming up, just kind of that middleman slot where there's, you know, you can't necessarily go tour with somebody, but you don't want to see them, you know, on Broadway, I guess you mm -hmm. could say. Um, so it's like their first intro into actually touring. Um, so there's going to be a bunch of uh, newer artists coming up, especially towards the, uh, the Michigan way um, for now with Scott. Um, we're working on that together. Um, I'm also working on a podcast, uh, ironically about everybody else, except for the artist. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, that's something that's very, you know, I, I meet all these guys and girls backstage, um, you know, whether they're a monitor engineer, lighting tech, uh, production assistant or tour manager or whatever. And they've got these crazy stories. I mean, I'm, I'm nowhere near touching anywhere you know, that these guys touch, but, um, you know, so I, we're also doing a podcast called the crew bus podcast. So essentially anybody that would ride on the crew bus, that's who we're talking to. Um, uh, just really dedicated to those guys who, who you never see. Uh, but honestly, the show couldn't happen without them. Um, so that's something that we're going to do here shortly. Um, I'm also starting a artist development, uh, artist management company. Uh, with some other guys here in town, uh, really kind of focusing in on those those middle guy artists, those that middle tier where they're not really sure where to go, they don't know really where to get, even get started. Um, so we're going to be, you know, building business accounts and starting their merch, and you know, just getting the ground floor essentially, um, so that hopefully uh, they grow big enough to where we can just hand them to labels and hand them to you know. Uh, these bigger management companies and stuff. So uh, there's just something about that new artist grind that's just, I'm so attracted to. Um, you just kind of have to fight for everything that you're given for. Um, you know, you, you feel like you might be moving up an inch and then something happens in your three feet back, you know, and that's just something that, uh, you know, the resilience there with these artists with, um, you know, it's, it's just something special. Um, you really find out who you are as an artist, as a songwriter, as as whoever uh, during those times, you know. So that's something that we're uh, really passionate about with uh, the guys in my company. And um, so, yeah, so hopefully uh, we can start sending out some newer artists to uh, to uh, venues and and bars and stuff local to you, you guys. You know what? You just talked about all of my favorite things. Artists from Michigan, the talent behind the talent, uh, and cannot wait to check out your podcast. How fun. Uh, and then finally, you know, you talked about up and coming Nashville artists, and we are just absolutely obsessed, as you probably know, uh, just with Nashville, spending time there and uh, really getting to know some of those up and coming artists. It is just the coolest thing that you're going to be. Um, working with those up-and-coming artists who are just out there right on the fringe, you know, working the grind there in Nashville. So that's so cool. So happy for you with that. Man, it's something I, I don't know. I, I think it's because it's, I, I fought so hard for what I have and, and where I've gotten, and I'm nowhere near where I want to be, but you just fight so hard for those things. And these artists, I mean, they're literally laying their craft out every single day yeah. you know trying to get somebody to listen somebody to pay attention and there's so many talented people that move to this town every single day so it's really hard to kind of pick 
you know, who you can help, but you, you know, we're looking at our resources and uh, uh, relationships with venues and promoters and, um, you know, other tour managers and, and, and people who can really kind of help them along the way um, kind of hold their hand through this beginning process. So we're really, really excited about uh, what's to come with that. That is fantastic. And it's just been a pleasure getting to know you a little bit. And that type of project sounds right up your alley. So cool. Where can everybody find you? Uh, everything is I am Chase Butler. Um, Instagram, my email is I am Chase Butler, gmail.com. Uh, if anybody has any questions, if you, if you want to know more about the industry, if you want uh, to know anything, just hit me up. I'm, I'm an open book. So. Perfect. And thanks again, Chase, for joining us. This was a lot of fun. And uh, we're really looking forward to meeting you in person here in a, in a couple weeks. Uh, so yeah, thanks so much. And hey, best of luck to you. We're really looking forward to seeing how everything goes. Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, what you guys are doing here is, is really something special. There's not really a place where people can go and kind of get the behind the scenes um, the real detail, the, the nitty gritty behind the scenes stuff. So what you guys are doing, uh, really respect and, uh, I'm appreciative, uh, for you. I wish I would have had something like this to look at, uh, whenever I was just starting out for sure. But, uh, yeah, I guess I'll see you guys March 25th in Jackson, Michigan. Yeah. You got thank it. Thank you. So thank you guys. Thanks for listening to the B-Side Podcast. If you like what you hear, share the podcast and hit the subscribe button so you get updates on all new episodes. And we love feedback, so ratings and reviews are appreciated.